0: With commercial is a secret that most people don't know. The success to your investment is dependent on your property management. You just have to learn where the market is going, how to ship, where to go, and you should be all right.
1: Welcome to the consistent and predictable income community podcast. The CPI methodology is the only system that teaches the proprietary process of CPI which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks.
0: Real estate expert Moses
1: Hall specializes in investment property acquisitions and purchases. He takes pride in his five-star reviewed hands-on approach, meeting and exceeding his client's needs during each step of the real estate process. In this episode, Moses will talk about all things commercial real estate and how the market is holding up today. My name is Dan Roshan. I'm the host of the CPI podcast, which is the real estate show designed to help top producing agents leverage and scale your business, allowing you to earn more money in less time. For seasoned agents, to help you get to the next level of stable income. And for new agents, to help you find the right way freedom and money so that each of you can reach your potential as a person and as a real estate agent which means you'll have certainty in your future thanks for joining me enjoy the show today i have the privilege of being joined with moses we're going to talk about the best kept secrets of commercial real estate and they will no longer be a secret after our conversation today. So we're going to do a deep dive into commercial real estate. So if you're interested in knowing more about that, either as an agent or as a as a, somebody assessing, then Moses is your man. So hello.
0: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: My pleasure. So you come with a pretty big background. You were a realtor 30 under 30 in 2019. And congratulations on that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Mostly because I want to congratulate you your success, but more I'm jealous because you're still young and I'm not.
0: You got it. (laughs) You got it.
1: (laughs) So yeah. So you've been you're in commercial investing in real estate brokerage in Chicago. Is that correct?
0: That is absolutely correct.
1: All right. So what got you into real estate sales into commercial sales? So
0: I have a very long extended background. So I actually have a background in the arts. I uh, play piano. And I'm originally from New York, came to Chicago to attend Columbia College, Chicago, where I studied music business. And after graduating, like most college grads, you know, you're trying to look for employment. And for me, being in the arts and performing and working with other creatives, I realized that most creatives need some type of space to showcase their art. And so I ended up opening up an event space in the downtown area of Chicago, where I leased out this artist's loft. I lived on one side and then the other side, I leased out to other creators where they can do photo shoots, have events, do all different types of things. And so what ended up happening was I started to get a lot of publicity, a lot of calls. I was booked up and I needed a bigger space and i came across an article online of the building that i lived and operated my space out of and it was an article of how the owner bought the building you know before the neighborhood had transformed and what he paid for it. And because it was an artist's loft, it wasn't a lot of upgrades that were needed because it's exposed brick, it's this, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a lot of stuff needed. And I started doing the math what he was charging me for my unit and the other commercial tenants. And I said, you know what? I need to learn how to do commercial investments. And so that's when I went and got my broker's license at the end of 2013. And I started practicing January, 2014. And my uh, focus has been commercial sales and investment.
1: Did you find a new space?
0: No, I actually end up doing is putting that on hold and focusing on more so on real estate development in lower income communities. So that's kind of, especially during times like COVID now that I kind of got out of that business because we can't host events here <laughs> currently, but no, I've transitioned to commercial real estate full-time in development.
1: Yeah. I'm just curious, what's your specialty in piano music?
0: So I actually actually have a background. I I grew up in church and that's where I kind of got my foundation at. And then my parents sent me off to specialized schools to study jazz performance. So I had the opportunity to attend the uh, fame school. If you ever saw the movie Fame in New York, that's the high school I went to where you have to audition to get in. You know, I trained with jazz artists like Wynton Marcellus and other notable jazz, great musicians. And so that's kind of where my background came from is gospel and jazz.
1: That's fascinating. So tell us a little bit more. So you specialize in helping people in the lower, you said lower income in the Chicago area.
0: Yeah. So what my drive is growing up in New York, you know, my parents, what what we call the American dream. Would be kind of the definition of my parents. My mom came from a small little country town down in Florida. My dad, he came from Montego Bay, Jamaica. They came to the, you know, met in New York, made a life. You know, when I was initially born, we lived in this rundown apartment in the Bronx, New York. It was mold, it was rats, and my parents had the vision to say, "Hey, we don't want to raise our children in this environment." They saved up the money that they could. They made a purchase in Queens, New York of our home that we currently still own. And, you know, over the years, they built equity. I believe they purchased the home for like one hundred and twenty five thousand. We had it recently appraised for over a half a mil. And so when I saw how that transformation of living from being in a rundown apartment, you know, a high crime area to having the opportunity to grow up in a nice middle class kind of suburb in New York, how that shaped my life. I wanted to do the same thing here in Chicago, was to develop these communities that people can have housing, have job opportunities, have health care. So these are the type of deals that I I kind of focus on and work on here in the Chicagoland area.
1: It sounds to me like you have a passion for helping. Would that be an accurate statement?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Like you said, I, I still like to provide my investors with returns, but also doing social impact.
1: So that's fantastic. And I appreciate your attention for the social impact. And of course, you know, the returns, there's a business aspect to to what we do as well, of course.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, let's go back to your parents. Curious. If you were to sum up in a sentence or two, what mom and dad taught you, because it seems like, you know, just from that brief little thing there that, you know, you had a unique upbringing and maybe right. everyone has a unique upbringing, right? But, right? but it seems to me just from that short little thing that they really seem to really, there's an opportunity to really learn a lot from your parents. Would you say that that's accurate?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like I give my entrepreneur spirit for my father. He's the type of guy that can sell a bottle of water to a drowning man, as they say. And my mom, she's very good with the finances. So I learned how to save You know, I had a savings account at the age of six, seven years old where I would take my little allowance money and put it there. And she kind of the one that instilled that. So you put the combination together and I contribute that to my success now as an adult.
1: Did you have a certain percentage of allowance that had to go into that savings?
0: (laughs) No, actually, I would do is I would just kind of take all and maybe I'll take like a dollar out of my ten dollars that I may have gotten and Uh put it there. And then I would get ahead during birthdays where aunties and uncles would give you, you know, 20, you know, maybe 30, $40. And you add that over the year. So actually I was able to use that savings account when I transferred to Chicago to go to college, that really gave me a nest egg to really kind of, you know, get the things I needed and kind of sustain myself during that first freshman year of college. Fantastic. So where does your business come from today? Your clients? So I have clients literally all over the world. I am a, a state delegate for Illinois, Illinois Realtors, where I go and represent them in Cons France at a world conference called MIPM. So I get, you know, I do all types of international investment. I also have local investors that are based here in Chicago. So a lot of my clients come from word of mouth networking. I also sit on a lot of boards. So I sit on the board of directors for the National Association of Realtors, and I'm also heavily involved in the industry. So a lot of my clientele comes from word of mouth, marketing online, and um, just positions that I hold throughout the industry. What is Mepo? Mepo. So Mepo is the world largest commercial real estate conference. You literally have everyone from every part of the world that you can imagine. And we're all centered in France during a week, typically in March. And we have princes, you have dignitaries, you have top of the line developers, investors, and we all come together to do deals. And so, people looking to, if they're based in Germany and are looking to expand to the U.S. market, you typically would set up kind of a thing there, and you kind of build your network from there. So, I've been representing the Illinois realtors now for the past three years. Going there, fortunately, I wasn't able to go this past year, 2020. Matter of fact, ironically. As I was getting ready to board a flight to, it literally, we shut down. So obviously with the current climate of things, foreign investment has kind of slowed down just with everything going on. Um, so the recent deals that I've been have been local investors, either in Chicago or in the other big markets like New York, Florida, or California that invest into the Chicago market.
1: You're a driven, ambitious man. Absolutely. What keeps you going?
0: Man, to know that my parents have worked so hard to get me to this point, And I feel like now is the time for me to return that favor. My parents have sacrificed so much for me to, like you said, piano lessons, you know, standing in line for auditions, getting me paying my college tuition, you know, all these different things. And now I feel like, hey, You know, it's time for me to return so that they can relax and really enjoy life. And so that keeps me going and knowing the work that needs to be done in Chicago, I know uh, Chicago has a very bad PR issue in terms of the messaging that the city has. But when you look throughout the history and how beautiful Chicago is and what it used to be and what it could be and communities, you know, my mission is to restore that and bring it even above what it used to be.
1: So how real are the challenges in Chicago? Well, a lot of
0: times the challenges, especially in the communities that I work in, is understanding how to keep the social impact, not, you know, move the native residents out, but allow investors to still see returns. And so part of the way I've been able to marry the two is with certain programs that the local city of Chicago offers, incentives for developers, tax credits, different things like that to help where we can do social impact in the community, but also investors can see high returns. The reason why investors love the Chicago market, because you cannot see the returns that you see in other larger markets like New York and California. Investors, they are very pleased with the returns that you can get in the city. So I try to marry the two between returns and social impact.
1: I recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution, The 10-Step Guide to CPI consistent and predictable income for real estate agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I've witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business, and I firmly believe that that's a shame. In Real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell 1 to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months it took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book and it took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day if you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book, Real Estate Evolution. And you can get that by visiting www.therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free as long as you pay for the postage. What's an example of the type of return that an investor could expect? And I know that's a broad... Yeah. yeah.
0: So in commercial real estate, a lot of investors may measure the performance of a building by what we call capitalization rate. So it's cap rate. And so what we take is the net income after all expenses, and we divide that by the purchase price. And that percentage will give us kind of a way to gauge the performance of a building. And so to kind of give you an idea, in New York, California, most investors are satisfied with maybe a 4% capitalization rate. To them, that's gold mine. In Chicago, I can get them returns of 8% capitalization rate, which means it's cash flowing higher, that they're getting a lot more return on their money versus, you know, like you said, in California and New York, not to, you know, dismiss those states, but those are more trophy property. You're buying for the name and the address. If you want to actually make returns on your money, you invest in Chicago. And so that's why it's so attractive to other, especially in states where it's a lot more restrictive and there's rent control and there's other different things that prevent investors from making money. Here in Chicago is not as restrictive and there's a lot more opportunity to see those returns.
1: Okay. So 8% cap is, is, Something that could be a ballpark of what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what's been the biggest challenge for you in your business?
0: So the biggest challenge, as I kind of mentioned, my goal is to revitalize these underserved communities. And one of the challenges is trying to get your traditional banks to see and buy into the vision. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that can be a challenge When you're trying to redevelop an area and banks are hesitant on lending. And so you have to really fight to get the loan and to kind of really convey the vision, or you have to get creative in financing. And so sometimes that creative financing may be seller's financing. Sometimes you may have to do a hard money lender, different things like that. To kind of get the deal across the finish line. So, those are some of the challenges that my business faces really just understanding, letting the the banks, especially those that are not local to the community and don't understand how to really improve and transform. And when you add jobs and you provide housing, how that can increase value and, and how that can realize returns.
1: Got it. So do you have an example of when you had to really push a bank or get creative or go to a hard money with a client specifically? Can you walk us through maybe an example
0: sure. So an example of that is a recent deal I did on the south side of Chicago. It was formerly a bowling alley. However, a bowling alley has since closed and the seller was selling. The buyer was going to create a training program for the community that would employ jobs, give tons of jobs. And then, of course, he would be improving the property so it wouldn't be an eyesore to the community he went to a traditional bank he was the buyer was very liquid and the bank denied the loan for whatever reason they couldn't Mm. see the vision so what we had to end up doing was end up doing seller financing where the buyer end up putting down a certain percentage and we amortized the loan over like a seven-year period which will allow him to still you know acquire the building also do the renovations and customizations and then in the end We're going to be providing a training facility for the community, also jobs that is going to employ the local residents. And so that's kind of some of the times the challenges that I have to face in order to get a deal over the finish line. But like I said, in order sometimes to really convince the bank to really lend on a property that I have a challenge with is when we can tie in other grants and programs where the risk is not as high. So, you know, if I get a developer that sees the vision and they can get a state grant or something like that, or, or city grant that defrays some of the risk, then the bank can potentially buy into it because now they have, you know, the cost for renovation built in that's non payable. You don't have to pay that grant back. And, you know, the numbers and, you know, adds up and stuff like that. So a lot of times we're typically fighting with appraisals. So the after repair value. And so that's kind of sometimes the challenge in doing business. And so, like I said, we have to get creative with either seller financing, tying with tax credits or grants in order to get a deal over the finish line.
1: So with the appraisals, you're looking at, you know, they're using the cap rate as a piece of that, the operating income. So is a piece of that like
0: expected, improved? There's different ways that we can approach Value for a property, but the most common way in commercial real estate is based on the income that is producing or potential income that it can produce, depending on what your strategy is. And so, I know the title of this is The Best Kept Secrets in Commercial Real Estate. And one tip that I want to throw out there, especially to residential people, unlike residential, where if you're looking to get a loan from a bank, the bank will more so look at you personally, where they'll look at your personal income, your credit score, and they're more personally scrutinizing you as a buyer to buy a property on a residential end. With commercial, here's a secret that most people don't know is that the bank typically scrutinize the property itself. And so the bank will approve a loan based on the performance or the potential performance Of the property, of course, there's certain things that they look for in a buyer, especially you know, depending on the project, your experience, and you know, making sure that you have the down payment. But it's more based on the project and not always scrutinized on the personal buyer.
1: You find that there is a certain type of bank, like if you're an investor or. You know, his residential agents work with investors. You know, we get them from time to time to approach us. Right? Do you see that there's a certain, like, a local bank, a credit union, FHA, or whatever—not FHA, but a small business association. Yeah. You know, kind of, yeah. Of, yeah, that advantageous or more appealing for a buyer.
0: Right. Yeah, I would definitely suggest local community banks, or if you have a deal that is very unconventional, typically our community banks will look at the deal a little bit more especially depending on the price point that we're talking about certain larger banks they don't look at deals under a million dollars you know mm-hmm. if we're doing like a small community development deal it may not be as appealing to some of the larger banks than a local community bank that will take it on their books so you definitely want to look at local community banks that are lending in the area you also want to look at definite uh, grant programs and like i said this is more so for Deals, development deals where there hasn't been a long history of a proven track record. Like you say, if you're a visionary and you see the the potential there, then, you know, you might want to deal with a local community bank on the deal size of your project.
1: What would you say that you would say to Moses 2013, 2021 Moses would say to 2013 Moses, what would one thing that you would say to that young man starting in business today?
0: Do not count your check until it is in your bank account. When I first, you know, got into business, I'm excited. You know, I'm generating business and I'm counting, oh yeah, you know, and I didn't realize how much it takes to get a deal from A to Z, from start to finish. There are so many moving points. And one thing that I tried to do is what my first manager and broker taught me is to quarterback your deals. Try to control your deal as much as possible on both ends so that you know the professionals that you're working with. If you have a solid attorney that you find, you know definitely try to work with them as much as possible. If you have a, a go-to lender that you know can close the deal um, and won't waste time, you know definitely work with them. If you have an inspection company. So you want to be able to control your deal as much as possible to be an added value to your client. And another thing too, where a lot of People, especially depending if it's an investment project where a lot of investors messed up, is they don't have good property management.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The success to your investment is dependent on your property management, how well you manage your building. You know, like you said, you can only maximize the income so much, but if you can reduce your expenses. That is the key, that is the very, very important key into having a successful investment, is managing your expenses and having a great property management team.
1: You already know, 87% of all real estate agents fail in this business. And you also know, it doesn't have to be that way. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income, I invite for you to get your free copy of real estate evolution the 10-step guide to cpi consistent and predictable income for real estate agents and you can do so when you visit www.therealestateevolution.com i'll share with you your book that i authored to show you the way and it's free you just have to pay for the shipping thanks interesting because i hadn't considered that before i've considered it in regards to the property management yet the way that you just described this learning opportunity for me i look at business as though if you can only bring the expenses down a certain amount like and not property ownership i'm talking about like business ownership yeah so when you're looking at you know there's going to be a certain amount of fixed costs and you can only get down to like a certain number Right. And then in a, in a business ownership, the opportunity is really more on the upside to increase that. And what I hear you saying is, yeah, of course, you want to increase that upside of it. Yet there's going to be a, like a building's only going to be able to get what that building demands. Once you could be so creative and right. maybe put it in a reuse, but the real opportunity is to keep those expenses under control. Is that what I understand you're saying?
0: Yeah, pretty much. And like I said, it depends. This is general. Of course. Of course, it's it depending on strategy, project, building. But you know, and what I mean by controlling cost is, you know, sometimes if and I'm talking about more multifamily, if you have, or it could be any type of because most buildings do have a toilet, but if you have a leaky toilet and it's running, and now you notice that your water bill has increased for some odd reason, but your property manager hasn't really checked to let you know, like, oh we, you know, these two units have a leaky toilet and it's constantly running, which is running up your water bill. Now your expenses have increased over yeah. a three period because you didn't catch that water bill increase. So that's what I'm saying by managing expenses, I'm seeing what you can do to minimize those expenses, not necessarily cut corners and be cheap, but actually manage your investment. And I think that's where a lot of, especially those that by out-of-state investors, where they just look for the cheapest property management company, and they don't really uh, see how they can maximize their return on their building.
1: What type of ranges does property management cost for commercial buildings in Chicago?
0: Uh, it really depends. You know, there's there's really no set rate. You know, maybe on the high end, it might be a little like ten percent maybe on the low end, maybe about five. But it all depends on the size of the building, the rents that's being collected. Uh, you know, If you're an investor that has an extensive portfolio, a property management company will give you you know, some of a discount versus one owner that owns maybe a six unit building. So it just all depends on the dynamics, but I would say a range between five and 10% uh, property management fee. What
1: would you consider your biggest success in business
0: thus far? You know what? That, that's a that's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. I think I've, I've had quite a few wins in my career, my short career span thus yeah. far. But like I said, one of the biggest things that I love to see is when I can transform a community when it used to be a rundown, torn building, vacant building, and to know that I was able to uh, facilitate a deal and help developer come in and redevelop and put tenants in there and businesses so that it's not no longer an eyesore to the community. I think those are some of my biggest wins in my career to kind of see that happen and to see, you know, startup businesses that were just starting out and I found them spaces and now they're on their fifth location. That's what I love to see when people start small and we're able to grow together as business owners.
1: What about your biggest challenge you're facing today?
0: Um, as I previously mentioned, I think just with the pandemic. A lot of banks have been more conservative on lending. They're charging extreme points depending on the deal. So it's a little bit harder to get those deals across the finish line, even more so now with everything going on. Um, So that, that would be one of my biggest challenges, just the lending climate and just trying to foresee what the market does.
1: So that's where we are today with the pandemic. How do you anticipate that the pandemic will impact the commercial real estate market in the years to come?
0: Well, as we see, there are certain types of commercial real estate that is performing well above others. And so the ones that have been performing well is industrial. As you can imagine, we're now online more than ever. And so Amazon and all different types of things, people have been ordering online so there's a demand for more storage i know certain big box retailers like walmart have even been discussing about turning part of their retail stores into warehouse space so Mm -hmm. there's a demand for warehouses and so you know for products meats, all different types of things so that has been holding up pretty sufficiently retail obviously is taking a beating but it depends on the type of retail retail that has grocery store that's anchored in a strip center, they have been performing, as you can imagine right now, that's what everyone food, <laughs> you know. So those have been performing OK. You can't you know, those are not lasting on the market long. Any grocer anchored retail strip center has been holding on. Any medical facility that's needed has been holding on pretty strong. But like your typical H&Ms and Macy's and those type of big box retailers are taking a beating. Obviously, office is taking a beating right now. Companies haven't been renewing their leases. However, in the coming years, I think it's going to be a hybrid of both operations. We're going to still have the online presence. However, I think as humans, we yearn for connection. And even though businesses have reduced expenses by having employees work remotely, but I think it's still kind of diminish that company morale where you're in the office and bouncing ideas off and you're having that company meeting and you're doing this and everyone's energetic and you can kind of be in the same space. Those that have children and trying to e-school learn them and you're trying to hop on a Zoom meeting, how focused can you be in that moment? So I think it's going to be a combination of both where employers give employees an opportunity to work from home, but also maybe come in the office two to three days a week and work remotely the other. So I think we're going to still have that. You know, I think once it's safely to go back out, people are going to be out there and and full force because like you said, I mean, we couldn't really gather the way we used to for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And so people are really going to miss those interactions. So I think it's going to be a combination. Um, The retailers that survive, they've made adjustments. I think it's always about Making adjustments in business, I think that's very important. I I was just telling the story to a friend of mine of how I remember BlackBerry was the thing. I yeah. you know, I was I remember wanted a BlackBerry even before I was 18. I was like 12, 13 years old, and I wanted a BlackBerry. I had no type of business, but I wanted a BlackBerry, and I finally got one. I loved it. I wasn't going nowhere, and then that's when like iPhone came out and they started to take a share of the market. And I was so against uh, leaving my BlackBerry. And what happened was BlackBerry didn't stay on top of the trends and technology and they got left behind and they're obsolete now. And now Apple has created this whole culture of users, not just from laptop to phone to this. And I, I, and I heard there were talks about them jumping into the electric car market. So they've created a whole brand and culture around different things. And I think that's important for business to be able to adapt and create something. And so I think the retailers that survive are able to adapt and repurpose their space and rebrand themselves to keep consumers coming in and buying. Moses, last question for
1: you. What do you think an agent, whether that be commercial or residential, has to do today to adapt to the current environment if at all
0: no i think the the biggest thing is staying on top of technology understanding the market studying trends because you are the expert people are you got to realize whether residential or commercial people are making their biggest purchases in life with you you are their trusted advisor so you have to know what you're talking about and so i think the way that you we stay on top and not get replaced by certain technology platforms is being that expert, understanding your market, being on top of trends, having customer service. I mean, times that I've gotten business just by answering the phone. Right. You know, some people have said, Oh, I've called 20 agents and no one's returned my phone call, and I've gotten a listing that way. So I think it's important to stay on top of the trends, stay hungry, never get complacent. And I think that will definitely prepare you for that market shift, understanding that there's always going to be money made in real estate. Even when we had the 2008 market crash, if you work short sales or you were an agent for uh, the bank, you made a killing. You made yes, a sir. killing.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, you did.
0: <laughs> you know, or if you you invest or you represented investors that were doing all these cash purchases, you yeah. were able to sustain yourself. So you just have to learn where the market is going, how to shift, where to go. And you should be all right. So adapt
1: to the market of the moment. Yeah. Shift And get in there. If I am a real estate investor and I want to learn more about those eight caps, (laughs) how do I get in touch with you?
0: You can follow me on all social media platforms. It is Moses Hall, Moses Hall on Facebook, Moses Hall on Instagram, Moses Hall on LinkedIn. You can, like I said, Google search me. Um, like I said, my website is Mohawk Commercial, you as an urban, D as in development.com. So you can definitely just plug into all social media outlets, and I am there. And you can definitely message me, and I will respond as soon as you send your message.
1: God bless you, messages. Thank you for your time today, and I wish you much continued success.
0: Thanks for the opportunity. My pleasure. Hate the feeling of missing out and
1: not knowing where to start? Aside from grabbing a copy of The Real Estate Evolution, The 10-Step Guide to CPI, we also encourage you to join our ever-growing group, The Consistent and Predictable Income Community. Apply for membership at The Consistent and Predictable Income Community on Facebook and visit us at thecpicommunity.com online to listen to our previous superstar interviews. hey i just had the best 45 minutes interviewing dan rochon he's from virginia right outside the dc area he's been in a stable market for a long time
0: within 18 months he created so
1: much success where he was actually able to buy the brokerage as a real estate agent Dan is a leader of vision, focus, and passion. His enthusiasm
0: is truly infectious.
1: He just came out with a book for real estate agents to kind of help people pivot. We went through and talked about how to succeed in adversity. If you are still listening, it is because you align with the CPI community. That means that you love to learn. You are ambitious, qualified, smart, and professional. Mostly, you will understand that you're in charge to design your life. If you do not want to wait until next week's show is posted, I invite you right now to visit www.thecpicommunity.com, which is the official website of the CPI community. There, you'll have access to eavesdrop on past conversations I've had with the top salespeople, business owners, and entrepreneurs. The content is free, and there's no opt-in. If you really want to hit the ground running, I encourage you to apply on the homepage of the thecpicommunity.com to become CPI certified. It is a compensated service and those that have become certified have reported back that they have more than tripled their business sales and done so in 20% less time. The CPI certification is a part of the CPI curriculum, which is the blueprint where you will learn the proprietary process of CPI which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Lastly, I invite for you to share this podcast with others who are competitive, love to learn, assertive, relationship-based, self-starters just like you, so they can also benefit. And please leave us a rating or a review and subscribe now so that you'll be notified of the next show. Thank you again. I'll see you on the next show to your success if you're a real estate agent and you're located outside of the washington dc area and you have a client that wants to buy a home sell a home or invest in real estate in the northern virginia washington dc maryland area consider to refer to me i promise that when you do so we'll treat them like gold update you throughout the process and most importantly we will make you look good and We'll pay you a nice referral fee. If you're a real estate agent in the Northern Virginia, Maryland, or Washington, D.C. area, and you're seeking certainty and predictability in your business, contact me now. I'd love to be able to set up a conversation to show you how we can help you to close transactions every single month of the year. Just imagine January, February, March, April, May, every month of the year that you have income coming into your pocket to help you and your family. Hit me up on social media or email me, dan at greetingsvirginia.com. Love to set up a time to chat.